0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shambles United podcast. This is your host, Ranaf Shani and here we are today discussing what's probably the darkest day of our season. We reached the Europa League final, and unfortunately, at the last, in the penalty shootout, we messed it up. It went the distance, it went all the way to 21 kicks, but eventually, they missed the penalty, and we lost it. But I, uh, personally, I didn't want to discuss the final because it brings bring back too many bad memories. But you guys told me to do it, so here we are. And today I'm joined by three three guests. I'm joined by Yasha, by Shorts, and by Karan adwani So I'll start with you, Yash. You tell me, how did you perceive the final? Tell me, at what minute did you fall asleep and what minute did you wake up? Because it was really a trap game.
1: Yeah, it was it was really a draft game, but at the same time, uh, it also, you know, it was the game that highlighted all of the issues that we've been talking about throughout the season. So, um, we can't uh, we didn't play against a low block. We don't really have creative wingers, Uh, we need a good CDM, and again, uh, we conceded another set piece goal. Lindelof getting, uh, caught again, uh, by Moreno. And, uh, yeah, the whole goalkeeping conundrum, it goes on. It's going to go on over the summer. So, yeah, I just highlighted all of the issues that we have in our squad and uh, uh, some of the issues that we've highlighted in Ole as well. So, really bad in-game management, making the first sub at, what, 106 minutes and that to bringing Fred on instead of keeping Donny on the bench for the entire 120. So, yeah, overall, a really, really bad day, bad game. And uh, we just bottled it yet again.
0: Exactly. I mean, it took us 100 minutes to make our first change. And what we did was we got Fred on instead of Mason Greenwood. So one of our uh, attacking players were off and we got on Fred. And that that's okay if we are up by two goals or three goals or even by one goal if it's the last five or ten minutes. But that, that decision really I didn't understand. And I also didn't understand why did we wait that long to make a change when we saw that the team was tired. Like I was I noticed that in the second half we, we weren't even pressing, we were just sitting back, letting them have possession for the first 10 or 15 minutes. And that is not how we should have approached this game. It wasn't we aren't playing against a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich or a Man City or one of those sides where we have to be that way. We have to be assertive and just take the game by the stuff of the neck. What do you think, Shorts? What, what was wrong? Because I think the first half wasn't too bad, but the approach to the second half I think was horrendous.
2: I absolutely agree. Uh, see first off we started off really well then uh, what happened was that we were not dragging out players like off from their formation and which we were relying on that basically we thought that Cavani would actually scuttle a lot of their a lot of their back line yeah. and we can we could drive up in fact, we were driving so so high that uh, Bissaka was in the opposition's half more often than not, and exactly. that is, that that's a very rare sight to behold. Hmm. Although I think Crashford was very poor, yeah. uh, Him and Lokshaw couldn't link up at all. That we we generally have banked upon them a lot. Bruno was non-existent. Until the second half, when he was actually coming back, because he in, when he was there in uh, say in the, like before the final third, he uh, he was not able to get a lot of space to you know uh, get the ball, receive the ball, and then drive it off like like he usually does. Yeah. But when he was actually coming back and helping Pogba in the second half, things looked a little brighter, and we then we scored that goal. Kavani scored that goal as well. Hmm. But. Uh, I I thought a lot of our players actually couldn't handle the pressure. They were too nervy. Uh, Oli did a you know masterful bottle job. Um, no subs. I don't I don't know what was he thinking. If he could have at least gotten uh, say even a player like Daniel James who could have run rings around the you know Villarreal defenders. Yeah. I mean Raúl Alviel is so old, and Foyt was only seeing through one of his eyes. Exactly. I, I mean, things could have looked much, much, much uh, different. In fact, today, uh, there was a tweet which was shared from the podcast uh, group itself. Uh, sorry, uh, podcast, uh, Twitter account itself. It, it uh, like it was clearly mentioned that we, we you know, overachievement, for quite a long time, and yeah. it was very evident from this match as well. Like we removed our first 11, that's not the case, That only, at least the manager should show a little more faith.
0: Exactly, and we made a total of 5 changes in the game, and 4 of our changes came after the 116th minute, so I don't know what the purpose was to get players on for the last 4 minutes of the game. Because if Ole had a plan and that didn't work out, then I'm sure that he should have changed players earlier on. And we had Danny Van Der Beek as an unused substitute. And Karan, I know you've talked a lot about his impact and why he's not been given the chances he's got. But do you think he was the kind of player who could have maybe unlocked uh, something and, you know, helped uh, share the creative burden with Bruno? Because I felt that he was too isolated. And maybe if he had another player who's as creative and as mobile as Bruno, maybe something could have happened.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, this one that was made like yeah. uh, saw likes of Carlos Bata and third uh, are attacking third more than their own.
2: Yeah.
3: So it was uh, you know one of those games where we really needed to either put put up a couple of one twos and get into the box with some combination play or else have a player who was positionally aware to uh, a limit where he knows the players that are making the runs in and around him. And in, in my opinion, I feel Van Der Beek is the player who is the most positionally aware guy in the box uh, because he, he he looks twice before making a pass. He doesn't spend too much time on the ball. And if if we wanted to break down such a lower block, especially with the likes of uh, Powalaljel and Paul Torres, who aren't known to be the fastest defenders in the world, uh, we could have definitely exploited their weaknesses. And one fight, uh, one fight, like uh, Shot said, was looking through one eye. He, he had a head injury, and we couldn't trouble them for the entire game. So we definitely had to come on, and there's no excuses whatsoever. When it comes to not bringing him on for 120 minutes, uh, I, I would have understood the argument last season, at the back end of last season after Project Restart, where we didn't have the squad depth, we didn't have the quality to put players on and impact the game. But after Ole spent 35 million pounds on a player like Vanderbilt, where he is a, where he's somebody who has Champions League experience who's played the big games, who's done well for Ajax and who has definitely shown us what he could possibly do for United. So, if you don't bring him on for 120 minutes, there's really no excuses for Like, I, I don't sympathize with him. Uh, I usually do, but this time around, I definitely don't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not, not to take away what he's done and the way he's, you know, taking the club in the right direction, but these are the kind of games where, you know, you have, you've got to prove yourself and it's not like we were playing a superior opponent this was an opponent by all due respect to them we should have won this game easily so i think it's finally time that we say that ole really needs to change these kind of things for us because okay he's 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 brought about a lot of good things but i mean what was he doing this these are the kind of moments that make that separate from being a good manager to great manager and i'm gonna learn this and I'm never gonna reach that great level what do you guys think about it i mean what 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 else could he have done apart from you know make early subs? Do you think he got his uh, the team selection wrong? Do you think we are too reliable on players like Maguire and Bruno? What was what going on?
3: But you know, uh, like like you mentioned, Ole is definitely a good manager. He's taken United towards the summit. He's closing. He's like lessened the gap between the leaders and us. But it's been no secret that Ole has been learning on the job. Uh, From day one, he has brought, he's been a breath of fresh air. He's really improved the morale of the players working under him. And uh, overall, we've just become a better team in a lot of senses. But like you rightly said, to become a great manager, he really needs to understand the significance of these crunch games on how to impact the momentum in in games where you might not have uh, a spark Mm -hmm. as such. So, his Indian management really needs to do. And uh, other than that, like speaking of the lineup, I thought we put out our strongest level. But the biggest risk we face by putting out our strongest level is that we reduce the possibility of one of our substitutes making an impact in the game. Because there's nothing creative as such that can come off the bench and really change the course of the game. So, yeah, it definitely was in the team I would have gone for personally so what 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 kind of team would you have gone for I would have started Dan James over Greenwood personally although I know okay. that Greenwood has uh, been on a sort of a purple patch he's been scoring goals he's come off the bench a couple of times to really win us games mm-hmm. but uh, I would have played James mainly because I know that the back of Villarreal isn't the fastest in the world yeah. and Besides that, we saw in the first 20 minutes of the game where they couldn't play out of the back. Hmm. And they were really stubborn. They really wanted to play out of the back, bring their midfielders uh, into the game and build from there. Yeah. And uh, while we were pressing we really troubled them a lot. And Dan James is arguably the best presser of the ball we have at the club. Yeah. So it would have been really effective to throw him on from the start and maybe have Greenwood come on in the latter stages of the game maybe take a half chance spooners.
0: and Yash on previous episodes you've been pretty, pretty critical of Victor Lindelof so if you United manager would you have dropped him
1: so I think that uh, like the conversation before the game uh, was you know that who's going to be starting with Lindelof you know is it going to be Bai or is it going uh, to be to Anzepi uh, and uh, like, uh, and it was pretty clear from the wolves game itself that Lindelof was going to start the final because he basically rested the entire team that was going to start uh, start for the final. Uh, uh like against wolves. So yeah, I personally, uh, I mean, dropping him would have been a little out of the blue because buy and Zebi haven't really played that well, and not just buy and Zebi, but then again, you know, uh Van and Shaw. Scho- I mean, it would have been a really changed back for So, I can't really blame Oli for picking Lindelof. But then again, uh, you know, maybe he could have done better with uh,
3: Axel and
1: by throughout the season. So, as to, you know, they would have been much more sure in defence. Uh, uh, like, if we were to drop Lindelof in the final. The, like, there is that is no secret that we have to get rid of Lindelof out of the first team. We need to find a, a partner for Maguire. But in the final, I can't really blame Oli for Picking uh, because that would have been too much, too big of a change to, for a f- game of this scale. Um, That's it. Yeah.
0: And Shorts, finally, you know, just to get done with discussing the final, what, what else do you think we got wrong? Maybe that we should keep in mind for next year, because it's, we're going to, we're going to be playing more of these big games. We might not. I don't know if we, we might not play the Champions League final next year, but at least we'll be in the knockout rounds or something. So we are gonna have to learn this game management before it gets too late. So what else do you think we need to do going into next season?
2: Um, we require a lot of muscle on our bench. Because yeah. we like if you saw what happened in the finals of Champions League, uh, there were so many players on the each each of the team's benches. Yeah. You could literally you know, make another 11 out of them because hmm. they, it's such a good bench over there. We, although, even if we don't get the best players out there, we require competent players who Ole can actually trust, who, who he thinks can change the scenario of a game in which, uh, say, obviously that requires game sense. And also from uh, from, like, being a former super sub, he should understand, like he should have the trust that there's there's someone else who can be the super sub for this team as well. And okay. we require players like them, like who can make an impact, like Karan was mentioning, who can make an impact, who can case the course of the game, say maybe not by the sheer technicality or skills, but just by putting a little more effort than what is there or like previously on the pitch itself. That's okay. So I guess that's done. The final is
0: out of the way. And now I think we can look back on the season. I mean, it would have been nice to win the Europa League, but I think we can still count it as a success given the score we have and given the score Man City and Liverpool had and the money Chelsea spent. I think finishing second was really difficult. If you if you know you gave it to me at the start of the season, I would have taken it. I would have bit your hand off. But uh, now for next season, I still don't think that we we have closed the gap enough to win the league. But I think focusing on... Finishing in the top four will obviously be the first priority, but also then progressing in Europe and maybe doing better in the Cups. Yes, we've reached the semi-finals, we've reached finals now, but maybe, you know, winning one of those Cups and maybe even progressing the Champions League, say going to the quarter-final, I think that is what we should be looking for. But as a whole, how do you guys see the season? Like, I'll come to you, first. how would you rate the season on a scale of 1-10? to
1: I, mean, I would I wouldn't give it as low as like a four or a five, but I would give it give it an a, like a six. Um, yeah. like um, uh, like we finished second. Like that is a really good achievement, and that is progress in a way. But uh, like to be completely mm-hmm. unbiased, we also got a little bit lucky, you know, Liverpool with their injuries and uh Chelsea having Lampard for half the season. Um, yeah. like if you look at the table at the end of the season, Liverpool just finished five points behind uh, behind us with the injuries that they've had. So, you know, if they have, yeah. they would have had, like, a normal season, I think they would have comfortably finished second. But, uh, you know, you, you can't take anything away from Oli and the squad, like, given, uh, like, as you said, the squad that we had, and we were playing, like, literally almost the same 11 week in, week out, three games a week. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, Oli's done well, but then again, you know, the final loss is, you know, a bit of a sticking point. So, yeah, an average six is good. But then, uh, yeah, we've also, you know, had a few bad games here. and there. You know, the Sheffield loss, the Arsenal loss, the draw against Everton, which, you know, in hindsight, if you look at those games, could have gotten us much closer to City than we finished right now. And it would have been much better season just if we had managed to convert those three games. Yeah. Um, but uh, overall, yeah, I mean, a six is what I would give uh, the season. So not really great, but a good season in terms of progress. We got second in the league, but uh, the only thing that would uh, matter now is you know how we build on progress because we finished second this year, but it's not, it's not going to be an easy job to finish even in the top four next year given the quality that we have around us.
0: Certainly. And uh, I think even I would probably give it a 6 or a 6.5. If he had won the Europa League, maybe it would go up to a 7.5. But it does kind of feel a bit sour at the end of the year, not having that piece of silverware. Short, what do you think? Where would uh, you rate the season?
2: I'd rated it a 6.5 or 7. Okay. Uh, if you would have gotten one silverware, it would have been 8. Hmm. The most disappointing parts of a season would be when how we got out of the Champions League, it was literally shambolic. I mean, at one point in time, I felt uh, like not watching any of uh, United's games because it was so poor in Istanbul. Yeah. Like, no one wanted to play for the badge point in time. I don't know, but it, it may maybe because of the, you know, lack of pre-season or, you know, uh, we being jettisoned in the Europa League the previous season... Uh, Corona and everything else which went on. But then slowly the team came into, you know, came into force. We had a wonderful run of away. You know, we had a very, very, very good away form, but we were very poor at Old Trafford and which is very uh, problematic per se. Um, We had a lot of draws uh, in cups. We did really well against Liverpool. But apart from that, we didn't put up a show against Leicester. We didn't do really well against city. Uh, then you had Europa League final as well. So we could have, we didn't come clutch when it mattered the most. And if we could have converted a lot of those draws into say three points, we could have come out really in a good, a good shape, a uh, much better and you no. Know, something like the Killer killer Instinct which was there in previous United squads was missing over there. I, I'm not sure what happened but I think in previous season, uh, like uh, last season we did, did really well against top six. We didn't do that well. I think we have only one win against the top six this season and others were draws and one loss if I'm not wrong. Um, and we we did get a lot of hope we uh, finishing second was really good we cut down a lot of points uh, in terms of the difference with us in city but every year in premier league is you know again uh, something which is uh, mind boggling always because it's it's so erratic it's so exhilarating let's hope that we have a good good summer uh, a good pre season with you know training with the players and I hope uh we come up with some new tactics to actually involve all of our core players in you know certain aspects where they can you know actually showcase their skills and their unique attributes like Vanderbeek Beek can come in and you know break down uh low blocks. James works on his finishing a lot, and um, Bruno continues on this on the same vein, and whatever uh say, you have given uh, Van Bissaka because he's been playing all of our games. Uh, I hope all of the other you know players can you know uh, act on their regimen as well and you know add add to their diet so that they can also become workhorses like him.
0: Absolutely, and finally, to you, Karan, what do you think? Where will you rate the season?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna give
3: Ole a lot more credit than uh, a couple of you guys. that like I would potentially give us an eight or an eight and a half, even though we didn't win a trophy, and there's a reason behind it. Uh, this season has been ball. Every every two and a half to days, been at it continuously without any breaks, without letting the manager work on a few new tactics and like really develop the team. Like it took me every three days, to have our away record where we're undefeated throughout the season in the Premier League. Uh, Along with that, to come back from so many goal deficits um, and win, I think, 31 or 33 points from losing positions. It's something that... It it shows me that this team wants to go play a game, come back, back, recharge, go at it again, and stay motivated throughout the course of the season. And, And to do it every three days, and as often as we were going down to sides in the first half, I feel it, it's just really changed the mentality. And uh, that mentality is going to take us far as, as a team. And even after the final, if you saw Ashford's interview, he, he constantly spoke about how so seven bruised and broken men in the dressing room that have been playing in pain for the past six months, for every three days, and like performing so well, being so consistent losing just two games uh, in the last 32 of the Premier League after losing three of the first six. And out of those two losses, I think one was against Leicester where we played our second team. So I feel overall we've been very consistent. Ole has managed to keep the team motivated in situations. And uh, in a normal season with additions in the summer, I feel we are definitely destined to win a couple of trophies next season.
0: Don't you think you're setting the bar too low if you're giving United an eight for the season? Because yeah, I feel that there's a lot more that could have been done that we didn't do. There's a lot more we there's a lot we did, and that's why we are you know on the higher side of it. But I think eight is eight is far too much. I think you'll give probably Man City an eight five.
3: No, I I gave it an eight and eight half mainly because of the mental aspect of it. I I believe United had the toughest uh like of fixtures when it came to the fatigue levels, like playing every three games. I think there there was a moment where we ended up playing uh, around 38 or 39 games over the course of three and a half months. So it it was like, you're you're playing games almost every three days. And after 52 or 53 uh, games of the season, we got our first week off. So... In terms of the mentality to be so consistent, to be so motivated, I feel it's it's something that you can build on. It, it the mental aspect of the game is really not spoken of enough. Uh, and I just want to credit Ole for that. The mental aspect. Okay, we can speak about how we didn't in a trophy, but let let's be honest. Finish second and the make. The finals for uh, I believe not wrong, or both the, the club of yes, made the semis for the FA Cup, made the final of the Europa League. So, just in terms of talent, I want to credit the team a lot.
0: And you speak about talent, and nobody exemplifies mentality more than Fernandez. And there's no surprise, supporters, player of the year, second running. But if I was to ask you guys who'd your player of the year, what would you say? I'll come to you first shots. Who's your player of the year?
2: Oh, Shaw has been incredibly solid. Incredibly. Like, when he came in, we thought that Shaw would be thawing there. But he's come back again and he's been really, really good. Apart from final, I don't... Europa... Finally, he's been so good throughout the team. He's been incredible.
0: What about you, Yash? Will you will you share that same perspective? Or have you gone for Bruno, maybe Maguire? Um, for me, it's a close call between uh Shaw and
1: Bruno. Like mm-hmm. Maguire deserves a shout as well, but for me, between Shaw and Bruno, but uh, you know, based on like just the performances and numbers alone, Bruno kind of edges, edges it out. But if you would, you know, talk about them most, like Shaw has been brilliant this season. He's been one of our most consistent players and he's shown the most improvement. So in that sense, he might get player of the year. But yeah, if I were to name a name one player, it'd be Bruno. But Shaw gets, it, uh, gets like the most improved player
3: for me.
0: I think that that makes a lot of sense because we saw that supporters voted for Bruno, but then the players voted for Shaw. So I think you know, in training and behind the scenes, and you know, even on the pitch, they've realized how important Shaw has been. Because it goes without saying that when Bruno plays well, United play well. But Shaw has just really, really improved. And I agree with you. Even I would go for Bruno, but then I would also go for Shaw as the most improved player. And hopefully now he has a good Euros and does well for England, and then comes back. Stronger than ever next season for us. Karan, who would you go for? Who would you go for Shaw or for Bruno? Uh,
3: it it's really tricky because, like, uh, Bruno definitely in terms of his performances, he deserves to be Player of the Year. But like, like the two of you said, the most improved player has to be Shaw. And maybe like this trophy might be Van de Saka yeah. to put in some fifty-six games in the season with no backup, no rest. It's a, Really remarkable, the level he plays at. But other than that, it preserves it and Shaw most improved.
0: Definitely. And uh, there's also going to be the PFA player of the year that uh, will be announced in a few weeks. Now, uh, I mean, the PFA team of the year. So, for United, how many players do you think are going to make it? Because I think Shaw is the nailed-on left-back. I think Bruno will definitely make it. Do you guys see Maguire making it, or do you think they'll go for another centre back? Because I think Ruben Diaz, uh, Ruben Diaz is going for sure. So do you guys think Maguire is the other one, or do you think any other centre back has been better than him this season? Uh, I think Maguire. Has no,
3: the I would be tempted to put uh, Maguire there. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean go ahead, go ahead. just because of just because of uh, the sheer number of games he's played so he didn't miss a single minute Uh you know like until he got injured against it was Villa. but uh, like before and it's not even like he's had a bad season he hasn't had a great season either but he's been a rock at the back I mean we saw how sorely we missed him against uh, like right after he was injured and his like we keep complaining about, you know, Maguire is not a leader, Maguire is not a leader, but you know, it shows that, you know, what kind of leaders we need because Maguire's presence was being missed on the pitch. So, the kind of impact he had on the squad, yeah, based on that alone, he has a good shot uh, in the PFA team of the year. But, but like, maybe other centre-backs, I can't really think of any which, which have had as good of a season as Ruben D has. So, um. yeah Maguire is a
3: shout for
0: me yeah Karan you were saying something earlier
3: yeah uh, I'd be tempted to put Maguire beside uh, Diaz like might go for two city two united uh, with Cancelo uh, Cancelo Diaz Maguire Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that I think Bruno makes the team but besides that uh, yeah,
0: I think only those two. And what do you guys think about uh, any other player that's probably who's been getting enough credit? Like you obviously mentioned Aaron Van Bysakha. Shorts, is there any other player you feel who's the adulation that he's
2: deserved? Um, I... I think Dean Henderson has been good, not as great as he was with Sheffield, but mm-hmm. when Dia was uh, absent from our team, he actually picked up really well, and he, he almost consolidated his position. He, uh, although some of the goals that he has considered was, uh, you know, well, taste, but he's been doing well.
0: Yeah, and what do you guys? What uh, do you guys think about yeah. Paul Paul? Because I think that people are quick to criticize him, but whenever he's played the season, he's done really well. He's obviously had a uh, on-and-off game, but I think given everything that was going on with his agent, linked to an exit, I think he's really done well to put all of that aside and put some good performances. Nobody thought he would be as good on the left wing as he has been. And I think he's arguably been our best left winger this season. You can make a case for short, but I feel that in terms of consistency, he's not really been there. And Pogba has really... I think he's really, for a change, had a good six or eight months in a United jersey, which I haven't seen uh, seen for the last four or five years. What do you guys think about his
3: season? Yeah, but before speaking about Pogba, let's just take a moment to appreciate Scott McTominay this season. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. from Midfield. He's, he was man of a match for us, hands down in the final. Uh. And uh, overall, he's just just been there for the team, resistant, been working his butt off for the team. So, yeah, Scott McComney deserves a lot of credit this season. But, like, to answer your question, Pogba, it's always, he's just, it's (laughs) so difficult to judge Pogba based on his time at United because it's always been a case of what he can do and not what he's doing. So, Although the season has he, he's been good, it's it's the best he's been playing since the season. And uh, yeah, you could be content. But having said that, would you want to give him the premium contract to keep him here? Debatable. Like, I wouldn't personally. So, I mean, yeah.
0: If we, we, are, if we are getting a good transfer fee for him, maybe not. But given the market today, I don't really see too many clubs going for him. Yeah, so, if you're like, not really signing anyone like in that position, maybe we can just hold on to him. I mean, that is only if you're not getting good money for him. And from what I read, I don't think we are.
3: Yeah, United could be better off cashing in on Pogba. Maybe it could be through a swap deal or anything. But like, there needs to be a way to get, get him out of the club this season. Because I personally don't want him to sign a new contract. Because he'll probably ask for half a million a season yeah. yeah, definitely not. I mean
0: that will just mess up our weight structure, which it's already pretty bad. So and, it just won't he's, take not,
3: further. He's, he's not worth it. Like you, you yeah. tell me to pay you tell me to pay Mbappe half a million a season, I've said mm-hmm. give him 50k more just for coming. So,
0: exactly,
3: yeah. But I wouldn't do that for Pogba. I would rather invest in a defensive midfielder, let him sit back while Benderby and Bruno can build their connection. But yeah, I, I think it's time for Pogba to leave.
0: And
1: your yes, what do you Pogba, think? Has there yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, I think Pogba has Pogba is Paul Pogba is the kind of player that, you know, he needs uh to bring to bring the best out of Paul Pogba, you need like world class players around him. He's not the kind of player that will, you know, single handedly carry a team, uh like you know, Bruno has done or some other world class players have done. So, you know, for him to be demanding like a 500,000 wage, which is rumored uh, is what Riola wants, is, is a little bit unfair on the other members, especially Bruno. He is just on 100k a week. But, uh, yeah. So, and, you know, the best of Paul Pogba, you know, uh, credit to him, like since his, since Mino has come out and, you know, done mm-hmm. all the bullshit that he has done before uh, the game against Leipzig, since then Pogba has been uh, very good and he's been really good of the left wing but then you know again his best games have come when you know uh, pogba bruno cavani and shaw all of these players have been you know playing together yeah. so he's been given you know that creative freedom so they are not marking paul pogba they're not bro- marking bruno fernandes they have to you know the opposite oppo- opposition team they can't just mark one hmm. there so that it gives both of them the freedom to you know be more creative And uh, because he's playing on the left wing, he doesn't even have to worry much about the defensive side of things. Because essentially, when he plays on the left wing, we're playing with uh, Fred and McTominay. So, you know, the defensive part of it, uh, which uh, we all know that he's not really good at and he doesn't even like doing. So, he's free from all of that. And it's a similar thing that we see in France as well. So, he has Kante next to him and he's like three, four world-class players in front of him. He's not the kind of player that, you know, who would, you know, carry France to the World Cup trophy. So for him to be demanding, again, like a 500,000 wage is a little bit unfair and unwarranted actually. But again, we are not in a position, we are not really in a position to demand like 50, 60 million for him in this market because of the wages that he's going to be demanding. But if we are able to somehow get him off uh, for that fee, that would be a good deal. But, uh, like, then I get it leaves a hole in our squad, which, uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult hole to fill because he's one of our most creative players. But he's had a good season since uh, Mino um, you know, came out and started talking about his future. Uh, so, overall, he's had a good season, but nowhere near, like, I wouldn't put him anywhere near, like, Shaw or uh, Bruno or even, to be honest, even, like, McGuire for that matter.
0: Absolutely. And I think uh, on that note, we shall say goodbye for this episode. I mean, thank you guys for joining me. Thanks thanks to everyone for listening. And please do give us a follow on Twitter. We have Karan Arwani managing our Twitter page really well. He's, uh, he's talking about everything, not just United. He's talking about things going on in the Euro. He's talking about the Copa America. He's talking about players linked to United, why they'll be good fit, why they bad fit. So I think you must you must follow our Twitter page. You all must also follow our Insta page and we've getting we've been getting a few dms from you guys so we appreciate the feedback and please keep it coming and if anyone of, if anyone wants to join the show please let us know but guys thanks for joining me it's been another great episode and i hope to see you all soon